You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. As it is Friday, and as we do uh, every week, our uh, our vet is here. Good morning. How good are morning. you, Pete? I'm very good. It's very good, good to have you here. Great to be here. On and good it's Friday. it's it's a good uh, it's a good time, particularly I think heading into. Uh, Easter weekend when there's so much chocolate and I think as everybody knows, well hopefully everybody knows, chocolate and animals don't necessarily go well. Well, The, the, the interesting thing is that in particular dogs um, the, the, the chemical in chocolate that makes us feel great something called theobromine it gives us a nice buzz but dogs are exquisitely sensitive to that and their metabolism deals with it in a different way and what that means is that it's poisonous to them now it's not so poisonous that one square of chocolate is going to kill a labrador it's not that poisonous but it basically is poisonous enough that if you give let's say um a 50 gram that's half a small bar of dark chocolate if you gave that to a little dog that could kill the dog. So it's that dangerous. It's not desperately dangerous, but it's dangerous enough that people should be aware of that. And if you suspect that your your little puppy has actually gotten into the, the Easter egg, mm. I mean, I'm sure the first thing you do is take 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 the dog to the vet. What, what, what does the vet do? What Be- do you do? Well, bef- before that, the very first thing you should do is phone the vet. Because, um, for example, today, Good Friday is a funny day today, isn't it? So would the vet be open at four o'clock? on a Friday afternoon. Well, the vet will provide a 24-hour service, so the vet will definitely have a service available, but you may have to go to a different place to normal. You may have to meet the vet somewhere else or go to a different centre or whatever. So the first thing to do is, rather than just heading off with your dog in the car, phone the vet and find out what the emergency arrangements are. Because um, the thing is that if a dog does eat a lot of chocolate, um, the best thing you can do is to empty the dog's stomach as rapidly as possible. And that's the job for the vet. You can't do that. It's not, it's not easy to make a dog sick. No. Um, you know, um, you, you, vets have got injectable drugs they can give the dog and the dog will immediately re- regurgitate its stomach. And that is far and away the best way to deal with chocolate poisoning is to get it out quickly. Um, and you have to get to the vet rapidly for that to happen. There's no point in emptying a dog's stomach three or four hours after they've eaten the chocolate. It's too late by then. You have to do it within an hour. So speed is of the essence here. Have you ever had, I mean, obviously you're a vet, so you're in Mm. a a different position to the rest of us, but I I don't know you, I haven't met you before really, or or chatted to you, so um, I'm I'm assuming, maybe incorrectly, that that you have your own animals at home. I do, yeah, I do. So so have you ever, like, what do you do at home to try and prevent, because you know dogs, they they get into anything. it's, It's probably a good example to use my own pet, because I have a little dog. Kiko and she weighs about six kilograms um, and she loves chocolate and that's a classic example of what can go wrong because I've also got a big dog uh, uh, Finzi who's like Labrador sized and she's much less at risk because she'd have to eat so much more chocolate to be poisoned so little Kiko the terrier she's a classic example of a high risk dog and what she did one time a couple of years ago was we had an unopened box of chocolate on the kitchen table Um, and we thought that was safe it was cellophane wrapped you know it hadn't been touched yet and we went out of the room and we came back half an hour later and the box of chocolates was on the ground with about half the chocolates eaten and um, Kiko looking up guiltily at us as she munched away through them so that's a classic example and we'd never never occurred to us that she might do that and so what I had to do then was I had to rush her to the clinic and give her drugs to make her sick and that's what I had to do just the same as anybody else would have to do so I think the really important message that I keep trying to get out is 
that it's not giving a dog an occasional treat of a chocolate that's the risk. The risk is that your dog discovers a chocolate stash. So um, that could be a box of chocolates on the table. It could be the Easter eggs. If you have an Easter egg hunt in the garden, I've heard of dogs finding the eggs before the humans find the eggs and munching their way through them. These are the sort of risk things. And you need to therefore treat chocolate as if it's a poison if you have dogs in the house. That means you have it out of reach and um, you know somewhere they can't get to. You know, it's really interesting because uh, I think for people who, who do have dogs and do have animals, they will uh, totally uh, empathise with this. Your, your, your dogs are your, are your children. To a lot of people, dogs are, are like your children. So you have to treat them the same way that you would it's a interesting, child. It's, it's interesting that you mention that because it's, it's, I think it's, it's one of those sort of trends, cultural trends that's increasingly happening is that pets become more like children. Um, I, I, I know, for example, somebody who, who recently was telling me that they, they had a birthday party for their dog. So their dog had all his friends round. <laughs> And they all sat around the table oh, having birthday cake. Are you serious? <laughs> That's so cute. And he took photographs of this event. And, you know, um, and, you know, so, so, so dogs definitely fill the same emotional niche as children. Do you have a dog yourself? Well, I don't have one myself. What I do have is uh, when I got, uh, I got divorced uh, about six years ago now, mm-hmm. and we, ha- we didn't have any children, but we did have a dog. And my ex-husband lives in America. All right. And uh, one of the, the stipulations, in fact, the only stipulation in our divorce was that we continue to have shared custody uh, of, of Sophie. Oh, really? and, uh, Even though now, she, but she's in the States, is she? Yeah, so what we, what we do is, uh, you know, we, we, um, we Skype and uh, you Skype with Sophie it's Sophie yeah <laughs> he kind of holds her up to the screen and she doesn't know what's going on and yeah. I talk to her um, yeah. but it's it's but it's, worked, you're, you're, it's worked really well you know? I miss her though yeah I, I miss her you're, what you're talking about is is, is a, it's a current cultural phenomenon and so people when, when, when they have relationships which, which, which don't work out they do have shared custody I know a number of people who, who, who live in this country and it's easier then to share custody and one person will have the dog one week and the next person will have the dog the next week and they go backwards and forwards like that or maybe they share weekends or but but it's it's really common and um it's basically it's the same sort of system that people use for shared custody of children it's just applied to animals and there's no um legislation around it or or you know there aren't solicitors who who specialize in dog family law or whatever but it's just what people have evolved for them for themselves it's what seems to make sense that if you both have an animal that you dote on well you know one person can't have that you have to share your dotage so that's obviously what you've evolved yourself yes absolutely it must be difficult for you as she gets a bit older and you know it is I mean she's 10 now you know yeah. we, we had her yeah. when she was nine since she was uh, nine weeks but for yeah. me because I was moving back here uh, and basically when we got her not going into the whole story but when we yeah. got her uh, uh, my ex-husband worked from home so she grew up with him right as opposed to, to me because I was out every day working so the, mm. the real bond was between him and her so it would right. have been very unfair of me to have taken her away. Yeah, and did uh, you go and visit her every so, year? Well, actually, I'm going in a couple of weeks <laughs> to see her. I haven't seen her for two years, and I'm going out specifically to see my dog. So. <laughs> and would you think, she, would she remember you? Um, she has any time I've gone back since... Uh, since uh, since I've left, yes, she has remembered me. Oh. She recognises my voice. Of course she will. I mean, I, I think it's very interesting that people people often... That was a kind of rhetorical question from my side because I know she'd remember you. People kind of go, well, will my dog remember me if I go away for two months? I mean, dogs are just like people. Yeah. Like, if you have a really good friend, 
you never forget them. If you see them 30 years later, you're going to remember them. And dogs are just the same. I think that's one of the changes in our view of the way that um, dogs' minds work in the last 20 to 30 years is there's a much greater appreciation that they're far more like us than we like to think in the past. They're just like us. Well, they, you know, they, 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 they're they just, better than us sometimes. In, in, indeed. They, they don't have ulterior motives. What you see is what you get. Unconditional love means unconditional love. They love, if, you, if you're mean to your dog, accidentally even, they don't give out to you afterwards. They just love you. Mm. They just love you all the time. And isn't that great? It is great. It is. The world is a better place because of dogs, <laughs> let me tell you. So Pete the Vet, thank you very much. Thank and again, you. you know, as we're going into uh, the bank holiday weekend, Easter weekend, be careful with the chocolate. Lock it Put up. it away. And if you do suspect that your animal has uh, gotten into your stash, then uh, phone the vet. Straight away. Dogs die every year of chocolate poisoning. This isn't scaremongering. This is the truth. So early action is what's really important. All right, Pete the Vet, thank you very much and happy Easter to you. Thank you.